0: Book of Romans, chapter number six, verse twenty-three. We'll we'll just play preacher's prerogative. He says one thing and he does another. So, young folks, y'all hold on to that song until next Sunday when I'm here. All right. Romans, chapter number six, verse number twenty-three will be our text this morning, and uh, I'll just say this in in relation to that song and. Yesterday, I told you that, that Rachel graduated, and uh, they did that song yesterday, and you have no idea how hard it is to want to shout uh, and cry and say amen in a room where you're supposed to be dignified, and if you know me at all, you know I'm far from dignified, but sometimes I act like it. Um, very few and far between are those times. But uh, yesterday, I tried my best, but they did a great job. Yesterday and again today, uh, Abby and Samuel and Allie, wonderful, wonderful job. I praise the Lord uh, for that. And I'm glad that we still have, we still can call Abby and Samuel young folks, even though they're quickly exiting that, um, that uh, demographic, I guess you might say. But uh, I'm glad that they are willing to sing. For the Lord, didn't you enjoy Brother Don this morning leading that song, "Heaven's Jubilee"? Well, Brother Don, twelve people enjoyed it. That was a blessing. I, if when I get done preaching, I'll ask the same thing. I guarantee you, I have less than that. You're not mad, are you, Nick? Okay. <clears throat> All right. Romans chapter number six. Romans chapter number 6 we're going to just read verse number 23 and uh get into the message that I feel like the Lord's laid on my heart uh I have for 2 or 3 days now um, it's kind of a kind of a dark place to be really um, hell has been on my heart and uh I thought I was preaching on hell this morning and uh have have no idea why the Lord may have put that on my heart, and uh still is, but he wouldn't give me any liberty to preach on that but um uh kind of kind of in the same vein of maybe the um the the thought that's on my heart um out of Romans chapter six verse twenty three I'm glad that even though we tell people about hell. There is a way out. Somebody help me right there. I was looking through some old messages and and I made a note in one of them. We can tell the truth in different ways. We can, we can tell a sinner. We try to witness. We can tell a sinner, you know, you're, you're a sinner. According to the Bible, you're a sinner. You're going to hell. Or we can tell it another way. You're wretched. You're vile. You're wicked. You deserve nothing less than hell. Or we can say, all men have come short of the glory of God. That includes me. And I deserved hell, but God saved me. All three of those things are truth. And all those three things, believe it or not, may work with different people. But one may not work with another. But we still can get that message across. And this morning I want to get a message across. Who it's for, I don't know. But I want to preach on this thought, the wages of sin. Romans chapter 6 verse 23. Y'all help me read it with me. You don't have to read it out loud. I don't want to scare y'all. <clears throat> for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. <laughs> But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Samuel, you got your Bible open? Read that verse out loud for me. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Isn't that a blessing? Brother Kenny paints a dim, dark, despondent picture. The wages of sin is death. Could you imagine if that was the end of that, Brother Jody? Could you woo could you imagine? Wouldn't it wouldn't need to be no lost and found ministries, would there? No, you're just lost. There ain't no find done. But I'm glad that it doesn't end there. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh Father, we ask you that you should touch us today. Lord God, we pray that you would just give us what we need. Lord, I pray you'll bless our people today. God, we ask You that You would touch them, God. Father, I pray that You'd remind them just for a little while about what they once were, but where they are now. God, we pray today that You'd help if there might be someone that's lost, and Lord, they've never accepted You as their Savior. God, would You draw them to You today. God, would you just curl up next to him on the pew or in the chair? And God, would you just say, hey, he's talking about you, but I made a way of escape. God, would you tell him that there's a better way? We thank you, Lord, in Jesus name. Amen. Whoa, I don't know what's going to happen this morning, but I feel pretty good. Mm, there's some familiar phrases in the church world. You'll hear it in churches like ours. Some churches you won't hear it in, I'll just be honest. But you'll hear phrases like, like we just read, that the wages of sin is death. You'll, you'll hear preachers say, prepare to meet thy God. Out of what is that, Acts chapter number 4, I believe it is. You'll Or uh, uh, Amos chapter number 4, excuse me. You'll hear almost persuaded. We sing that song. Almost persuaded. Songwriter said almost but lost there in Acts chapter number 26. But Paul said, I would to God that not only thou but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am except these bonds. Paul said... Mr. Agrippa, you may be almost persuaded, but I wish everybody here were almost and all together as I am. He said, I'm in bonds, but I'm free. I'm at liberty. Amen. And Paul said, man, I sure do wish you could be like me. We hear things like over in Isaiah, we've kind of kind of we don't say it exactly right, but old-timers used to pray about sinners, Lord, make their bed too narrow and their covers too short." And Isaiah talked about that. And uh, sometimes we don't understand what those things mean. And so this morning I want to try to, to preach on this wages of sin, and my heart really is fixed on this verse today. If you ask anybody about the quote unquote Romans road, they'll they'll eventually get to Romans six twenty-three. And we'll try to witness and we'll try to tell folks about this verse. And, Normally we'll go from Romans chapter 3 for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. Then, then we'll go over to Romans chapter 5 verse number 8. But God commendeth his love. Boy, isn't that a wonderful word, word? But God commendeth. God showed his love. He demonstrated his love so much in that while we were, somebody help me. Yet sinners, Christ died for us. That ought to make a Presbyterian shout this morning. Amen. And then we get over here. We gave good. We gave bad news that all of sinned. We gave good news that Jesus came. And then we kind of, kind of slip in some more bad news that the wages of sin is death. But then we give that glorious news that there's a free gift. Hey, yes, Brother Samuel, you my son, you was on it. You was on it when you was talking about that blood of Christ. Yes. <laughs> and I tell you, it costs the Lord Jesus Christ everything. I said it caused it, cost him everything. And I like the way the, the songwriter penned it and they sang it. He didn't spill his blood, but he shed his blood. Amen? Shed is a purposeful act. Spilling implies it was an accident. And so in all of our modern day songwriting, they talk about the spilled blood of Christ. No, honey, it wasn't no accident. I need three people to help me right there. I said it wasn't no accident that Jesus left the port of... Whoop, that Jesus left the portals of glory. And I don't know how it happened, but He ended up in the womb of Mary. And on that day, all hell and all heaven trembled because something, Brother Bobby, was about to happen. Amen. Hey, he stayed in that womb just like everybody else did. He was birthed just like every other baby, but they wasn't no angels at my birth, I can guarantee. Didn't no shepherds come out of the woodwork to see me. Two years later, didn't no wise men come bring me no chunk of gold and no perfume or anything else. But I tell you what, there was something special about that little baby Jesus. He got up to about twelve, I don't know where this is coming from. He got up to about twelve years old, and ended up in the temple. Mom and daddy left him. Uh, the dude behind Samuel. Could you imagine leaving your son for three days? Could you? Elect, could you imagine? I, I know. I know. Y'all ain't married yet, but I got a feeling. Even though you're in that betrothal state, if you left Camden somewhere for three days and not knowing where he's at, you get the rowhuff look. I guarantee that. Jesus was found teaching in the temple. Then we find him at the marriage of Cana. His mama comes and he says, hey, they ain't got no wine. And Jesus kind of made a statement, well, what do you want me to do about it? She never did respond to him. She, Miss Nicole, she just turned to everybody else and said, whatever he tells you to do, just go ahead and do it. He turned the water to wine. And then next thing you know, we find that Jesus' earthly ministry opened up. And it all culminated one day on the cross. The Carl Partain sings that song, A Small Lonely Hill. In my mind's eye, Brother David, I have tried my best to imagine how, how God just, just pulled up mountains out of, out of the, out of the ground and He carved different rivers and tributaries and dug up seas on that day of creation. Jesus was there, Ali. Let us make man in our image. Jesus was there. I believe it. But as He come to that hill, And I've seen pictures of it. I've never been there. I've seen pictures of that heel where they assume. And I tell you, it's not pretty. But that's where the rose of Sharon died for you and I. (laughs) That's when his blood, which was like that balm of Gilead, came out of every orifice of his body. Every drop of blood, Brother Jody, he shed for you and me. And that man up in the white house, that man in some golden palace somewhere, and that man over there in the ditch, and he's covered in his own vomit, excrement, for that little boy that's been abused by his daddy for that little girl that's been abused by a stranger for that woman that's been cowered down from some mean hard-fisted man for that man that's in a jail somewhere because of decisions that he made every y'all better help me every drop of blood was shed on that day on Calvary because of whosoever will Amen. Whoa. <laughs> My heart is fixed on this verse for someone today. There's three contrasts in this one verse. We see death and then eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Then we see that there is sin. The wages of sin is death. But then there's a sinless one in Jesus Christ our Lord. But then there's the polar opposites. There's a wage and then there's a gift. A wage is something that you've worked for and you've earned it. And the wages of sin, you have built an account And it started off in the negative with sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. On the day of your birth, you were born a sinner. But I'm going to tell you something. Once you get to that age where you know whether you're a sinner or whether you need to be saved or or whether you know right from wrong, until that day, I believe you're safe. Y'all better help me. I believe you're safe. But on that day that you realize that, hey, I'm a sinner... That's when that account is applied to your soul. I want you to know, talking about those three contrasts real quick, there's wages. Those are those things that you've amassed into yourself. But there's a gift, Nathan. (laughs) There's a gift. You didn't do nothing to earn it. You didn't do nothing to deserve it you didn 't do nothing that 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 I mean really sometimes i 've received gifts, bubba, and i didn 't even know the person that gave them and here 's a holy God that sent his only begotten son there 's these three contrasts now, let me get into the message i 'm want to try to preach this morning. number one, I want us to look at the phrase the wages of Sin, number one, the wages of sin, here we go, is death. Death can bring on, or sin rather, can bring on physical death. Brother David in Sunday school talked about sin a little bit, not by name, but talked about some things and how that it brought on physical harm. Uh, if we were to look in our own, in our own life, maybe those that we know or stories that we've heard, we have heard how that there are men and women that are, uh, <coughs> steeped in sin and they are quickly becoming eat up with death. Now we realize that every time that we breathe, that's one less breath we have. Every time we step, that's one less step we have. Every time we blink, that's one less time we can blink. I mean, we're constantly counting down, constantly counting down. But sin can bring physical death, but sin holds you in spiritual death. In Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 1, Paul says... He says, in you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. He did not say that you were in a state of, of, uh, of, of unknown. He did not say that you were, uh, just kind of, uh, lame in your sins. He said you were dead in trespasses and sins. And I love the fact, and, and we've said this before, but he says in you hath he quickened. Uh, he has made you alive. How do you make something alive? It has to first be dead. You don't. And, 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 Brother Stanley, I know you've been in the fire department. Do you, do you know how to use those electric paddles, like an AED or something like that? You you do. You don't put those on a healthy person, do you? When we had to go through our CPR training and they trained us with that AED and said, now listen, you don't just, you don't just play around with this thing. And they told us how many volts that thing has got. Uh, you wait. I mean, this is one of the last things that you need to do. You need to try compressions and you need to try to, to breathe for them and try to resuscitate them that way. But if they are dead, then you can revive them possibly with that AED. I don't know how to spell A-E-D, nor do I know what it means, but I know it will shock the fire out of you. And you have He quickened. You hath He made alive. How do you make someone alive? They first have to be dead. He said, you that were dead in trespasses and sins. Let's look at this. Sins end is the second death. I told you that sin can bring physical death. Sin holds you in spiritual death, but sin's end is the second death. In Revelation chapter number 21, verse number 8, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Sin. I said sin. The end result is death. The second death. My boss man, uh, years ago, he told me this. My uncle was was dying and uh, he had just got saved. He lived just a godless life, all of his life. And and he had three brain tumors and God got a hold of him and saved him on his, literally on his deathbed. And I was talking to my boss man about it and we were rejoicing. He was a Christian man. And uh, he said, isn't it? And this is the first time I ever heard it. He said, isn't it amazing that when a man believes in Christ, he is born again. And so if you are born twice, you only die once. But if you are only born once and you never are born again, you will die twice. And I sat there at the window. He was in the office and I sat there at the window. I said, huh? He began to explain that thing. And I was probably 17 years old, Kurt. And man alive, I'm just something began to stir up in me. The very fact that I knew that at that point five years ago, I had been born again. And so brother Kenny, I don't have to worry about the second death because I've been made alive. Amen. The wage of sin is death. Sin can bring physical death. Sin holds you in spiritual death. Sin end, Sin's end is the second death. Notice also that the wages indicate, as I mentioned earlier, a service to someone. In Romans chapter number 6, verse number 16, I'll not read it, uh, but it implies that you are a servant to sin and to Satan. You are a servant to sin and to Satan. Sin is the work, Satan is the employer, and the wage is death. Think about that for a moment. Uh, When you go to clock in tomorrow, uh, you kind of have an idea. Uh, This is what i got to do. Brother Lee, I don't know fully what all you do, but but you know what you've got to do when you go to work tomorrow, and you know what your wage is going to be, or what it is expected to be. But I'm going to tell you something, sin, as the old songwriter said, sin will cost you far more than you ought to pay. You may try to figure it out, well I've done this sin, I've worked for this employer which is Satan, so this is my wage. No matter what you count the cost, you're going to be dead wrong because it is death. I have seen and I have done it myself where people try their best to justify their sin and it's never as bad as it really is in their own eyes. Well, it was just one little look. It was one little drink. It was one little touch. (laughs) Sin. Sin. I'm not even going to try to quote it, Brother Lee, but in Matthew, Jesus said this. He said, that, uh, he said that lust is the same as adultery and hate is the same as murder. And we try our best to justify before a thrice holy God and say, well, all I did was this. It's sin. The wages of sin is death. The wage indicates that you are working or serving one. And then we look at this death. There is a spiritual death. I believe Adam faced that spiritual death in Genesis chapter. was warned about it in chapter 2, faced it in chapter 3. There is a physical death in Romans chapter number 5, verse number 12. It says, Wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world... And death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. There is a physical death. But then, as I mentioned before, there is a second death, if you will. There's a spiritual, there's a physical, but there is a second death. In uh, Revelation chapter number 20, I believe it is. 20, verse number 12 through 15. Y'all still with me this morning? It says, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open, and another book was open. somebody help me, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the, notice what it says, the books, not the book the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up their dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. There's that second death again. Number two, I want us to notice this, we we saw first of all the wages of sin, now we look at the gift of God, and if y'all don't get somewhat excited right here, I'm going to throw you out. I, I would say, and we ain't recording or anything, but I would say I wish I had some black folks, but every time I say that, they leave. <clears throat> so I ain't going to say it no more. An extreme contrast the gift of God. There is an extreme contrast from the wages of sin. The wages of sin is something earned, something amassed uh, to your own self, and the wages, the penalty, the price, the payment, the ransom is death. And let's while we're thinking about the word ransom, this just kind of popped its little pretty head up. The ran- Jesus Christ paid your ransom. Somebody say amen right there. Uh, the ransom that was uh, meted out by Satan said, God, if you want him, this is what you've got to do. God already figured it out before the foundation of the world that the lamb must be slain. Amen. Yeah. Mm. There's an extreme contrast from the wages of sin. I want you to look at this. God is a giver. I believe his Brother David read this morning. Uh, I don't remember exactly. Uh, maybe it was in Nahum. I can't remember. It was one in one of the Old Testament passages that he read. He said that God is jealous. God is jealous. But still, God is a giver. In Genesis, God gave life. In Exodus, God gave deliverance. In Leviticus, God gave the law. God gave redemption in the book of Ruth. He gave peace in the book of Psalms. He gave rest in the book of Matthew. He gave power in the book of John. In the Gospels, He gave His Son. He gives life to those that are dead in sin. God gives. The wages of sin is death, but the gift, the giving of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm thankful today of those things that I listed that God has given to us. But I'm going to tell you something. If it had not been for that last thing on my list, that God gave life to those that were dead in sin, I would be nothing. I've said it's kind of cliche. I would either be in jail or in hell. But I guarantee you, something would have been terribly wrong in my life. Because I was going... Even though I was a goody two-shoes, never did anything bad. I'm going to tell you something, Brother Jody... I believe God would have killed me if I hadn't come to Him that day. And I'm not just being super spiritual. I'm telling you, listen, I heard right, and I heard right, and I heard right, and I still did wrong. Over and over, I played the part in church. I sang. I, I, I preached out in the woods. I did all the things that I thought I was supposed to do, but I would not give my heart to Christ because I thought I was okay. On that day, April 24th, 1992, I believe that was my last chance. I don't know what God would have done. What he may have done is just pulled his hand completely off and that would have been just like death. I don't know. Well listen, this gift is eternal life. It speaks, this speaks to the lie of those that believe that salvation is by works. Over in Ephesians chapter number 2, you, you you if you know your Bible, you knew we was going over here. Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, can I just make just kind of a practical statement here? Uh, Jesus Christ died. He gave His life for you. How in the world do you think we are going to ever repay Him by the little menial task that we think we are doing for God? It's never gonna work out to the, to the plus for us. We're always gonna be in the red. We're always gonna be in the negative. We're never gonna be able to, to repay that if salvation was by works. But thanks be unto God, it is not of ourselves. Hallelujah in 1st John chapter number 5 verse number 11 uh the the gift of God it joins us to eternity with God in 1st John 5:11 it says and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life and this life is in his son if you if you don't believe in eternal life but you believe that Jesus is eternal then guess what you have eternal life because you are in him and he is in you Number three, the way to receive this gift. I want you to hear me and hear me well. There is but one way to receive this gift in Romans chapter 6 verse 23. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. You can try to pay. As I mentioned, you can try to work. You could try to do, you could try to dress up, you could try to be perfect, you could try to clean up, you could try to help someone else up out of the mire and the muck of this world, you can do, and all of those things are commendable, but none of those will get you to heaven. And I'm not, and I don't want you to take this out of context, but I'm not so, so excited about going to heaven. What makes me excited is not going to hell. And I realize we can, we could, we can argue about that statement all day long. But the very fact that I'm not going to hell, Samuel, means that I am going to heaven. But it's not the walls of Jasper and the Gate of Pearl and the Street of Gold and the Crystal River. It's not all those things that makes me want to just jump around. It's not the fact that my grandparents are there and I'll get to see it. It's not the fact that there's not going to be any walkers or canes or, or, or diabetes. Somebody help me say amen. There's not going to be any of those things. But the very fact that the one that left glory to die for me on Calvary and brother David I'll get to see him and I the one woo, the one that I've been hoping to see one day I'll finally get to see and people say I want to put my, my, my fingers in his nail print I don't know if I'm going to do that or not but I'm going to give him a bear hug because he has done so much for me honey I'm telling you Braylon I love to hug you and I love to squeeze you and try to pop your back but you won't let me but one of these days I'm going to squeeze Jesus So hard that his back's gonna pop from his neck to his tailbone. I'm telling you, I'm gonna hug him so hard because of all he's done for me. I want you to know he's done some stuff for you too. And we probably, and I'm putting myself in there, we probably don't even recognize that he has done it. (laughs) But one of these days, Benji, we're gonna be like old Jefferson said, we're gonna be moving on up. I don't know that heaven's got an east or a west or a north or what. It says there's a four square city up there. But I will tell you one thing. I want to be where he is. I've heard it all my life. For the first thousand years, we're just gonna worship the Lord and we'll shout and run all over heaven. And I can see people in my minds. I, I see Brother Den. I see Brother Troutman. I see Brother Buster. I see Brother Lance. I see some men of God that some of you know, some of you that you don't. I can see them. I can see Brother Earl Hughes finding some side somewhere and doing this. And he's not good. And I'm just, just, just some things that he would say. Just what you say? How about one of these days? I, I believe we're going to be able to see, our faith will become sight and we'll be able to see those things. I watched some of you that ran. Not, not a whole lot of y'all ran, but some of y'all did. Nick, you ran, didn't you? Did you run one night? Brother John. Brother John, John, you need somebody to run for you? I still got a designated runner. Just, just say the word. Did you run? Brother David, you run? No. I don't know if anybody else did. It doesn't really matter. But it's not pleasing to the flesh. I mean, you get out there and i tell you one time, I took off and, and I don't run a whole lot. And I just did a half lap. Come on. My heart was saying, whoa. When I took off, that was one of those big ropes that come down in that thing right there. And I don't know, Brother Stanley, I don't know how in the world I missed it. But I sure enough jumped over that thing. And I took off. And about the half stride, I was like, you are an idiot. But the Holy Ghost said, just keep going. You ain't running for you anyway. <laughs> and I just ran. And when I got done, boy, my spirit was saying, "Woo!" And my flesh was saying, but one of these days, we're going to get the glory. And we won't have to worry about huffing and puffing no more. We won't have to worry about our flesh being embarrassed anymore. Because up there we won't be the only one. And it will always be in style. Amen. I'm looking forward to it. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He, There is the wage of sin. There is the gift of God. There is the way to receive it. I told you over in first John chapter number five, verse number 11, we, we read that a little while ago, but I want to look at verse number 12 and 13, talking about the way to receive this gift. It says, he that hath the son hath life and he that hath not the son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the son of God that ye may know I need about three people that know you're saved to say amen right there. Amen. That you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. I'm telling you, there's something about the way to heaven that is not like any other way. If I wanted to see Mr. Biden, our president, I'm sure I'd have, I don't even know that I would get to see him. I'd have to go through red tape. I'd have to go through background checks and drug tests and, and weapons checks and all this other kind of stuff. But I can go boldly into the throne of God. Amen. And it's the reason I can. It's because God's son lives in me. Amen. I have got to go to Panama City. Y'all leave me alone. Romans chapter number 16, I believe it is. Romans chapter six. Woo! I'm so glad I'm saved. I can't even hardly think this. I said Romans 16 verse 30, but we don't even have a verse 30 in Romans chapter number 16. Or in chapter number 6. So I'm not real sure where I'm supposed to go. But nonetheless, is it is through Jesus Christ, our Lord, that we can receive this gift. In Romans chapter number 10, verse number 9. Now I want you to notice what it says. This is part of that Roman road. I don't have anything against the Roman road, okay? I don't have anything against it. But there is more to Scripture that can help someone get to Jesus than just those several verses. So uh, that's why I kind of put it in air quotes sometimes. But in Romans chapter 10, verse number 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth. That was supposed to be Acts chapter number 16, not Romans. I just remember uh, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. In verse number 13, it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Over there in Acts chapter number 16, verse 30 and 31, uh, the, the whole earth just shook. The prison gates fell open. The bonds fell off of Paul and Silas. And the and the jailer said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Jesus says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. How do you get saved? You believe on the Lord. You trust in the... I'm going to say it like this. You trust in the finished work on Calvary. You don't add anything to it. You don't take anything away from it. There's nothing you can do to add or take away anyway. It's already happened. It's written in eternity what Christ done on Calvary. You must believe that He did it. That He did it for you. I want us to come with a song of invitation. And I want you to know today, you may be saved, you may be lost, I don't know. Maybe you're a young boy. Maybe you've had fun the whole service long. You've not paid any attention. I want you to listen to me and listen to me well. God still has a message for you. And for the world today, that all have sinned and come short of God's glory, the glory of God. Not only that, but there is a wage of sin, and that is death. There's a price. You go to the store, unless you've built some sort of points, Brother Bobby, you're going to pay the price. Whether it's a cold drink, or a candy bar, or a gallon of gas, you're going to pay the price. There is a price for sin, and that price is death. And I want you to know, I want you to know this morning, y'all listen, God's got a free gift for you, and that is eternal life. And it's only through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's not by any other means. It's not by any other person. Only through Christ. Nobody else died for you. Mom and daddy might die for you, but Jesus Christ did die for you. Let me go a step further. Jesus Christ knew who you were, who you are, what you have done, what you will be, and He died for you anyway. That ought to help you right there. You can't earn salvation. You don't deserve it. That's why it's a gift. Have a birthday party. Let me just go back to Jasper. Jasper's just a little baby. He can't have done anything to earn a gift that we intend to give him here in a few weeks. A few days now. A week, I guess. There's there's Brother Bobby, Miss Samantha, there's nothing in him that he could say, Oh, I did this. Give it to me. And, And that's the way we were. We were helpless in our sin. But Christ said, You know what? God said, You know what? We love you so much. God said, I'm going to send my only son. And I know it's not recorded, but I believe Jesus willingly, willingly left His Father and came to this earth. He did that for you. All you have to do today is believe on what the Lord did. I believe in doing that, you will you will likely repent. Jesus preached repentance. John the Baptist preached repentance. I figure if Jesus preached it, it's pretty good for us too. Repent! He said in Acts chapter number 2, verse number 38, Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin. Repentance is necessary. but The first step is to believe. Believe that Jesus did it for you. You believe on the Lord like that jailer. He's about to kill himself. Sirs, what must I know to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thy house, and thou shalt be saved. He will take it from there. He'll clean you up. He'll direct your paths. He'll do all the things that you think you have to do. But you've got to believe on Him. You've got to come to Him before He can do those things. Let's stand Father, we pray, Lord, that you touch the hearts today. God, you know the need. God, you know the message you placed on my heart. And I just pray, God, today I, I feel like I've got a clean conscience. God, I pray that you'd take it from here. you do the work. There's no no need for me to say another word. God, I give these folks to you. I pray you'll do a work in their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.